Today is Tuesday, August 22nd, 2023. This is Quick Start from CBN News. I'm Dan Andros. Our conversation with a coffee shop owner who's being constantly harassed by a group of communists. We'll have that top story and more on today's podcast where we bring you news from a Christian perspective. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a rating. Email us, quickstartpodcast at cbn.org. Let's get through the news of the cray together. Joining me now, Trey Gons Phillips, as Billy is off vacationing this week. Trey, what's going on? Happy Tuesday. Tuesday hits for one weekend. It's like we're already, <laughs> we flash forward. It's, oh, it's Tuesday there of we next go. week now already. But off, happy to be here. You know? uh, yes, indeed, as always. And we're glad you're here with us as we, as I said, get through that news of the cray. It's crazy out there, including our main thing, as I mentioned, a Christian cafe owner getting harassed really above and beyond by these communist protesters crazy story we're going to hear from that owner here coming up on the main thing and a really shocking development in this pakistan story trey that we've been talking about yeah this story i think is fascinating because i mean pakistan is number seven as on the world watch list of most dangerous places for christians so the government's response to recent rioting by muslims there uh, against christians is absolutely kind of shocking so yeah and we will uh, get the details on that in that focus story so looking forward to that but first we're going to get through the news here in 90 seconds. A very surprising poll has come out among Trump supporters in a CBS News YouGov survey. Trump supporters were asked to pick who they feel tells them the truth. Coming in in first place out of all the answers was former President Trump at 71%, just ahead of friends and family who got 63%, Conservative media figures came in at 56%, and religious leaders came in at 42%. And in a rare interview, John Chris, the Christian comedian, opened up in a conversation with the Christian Post. The 39-year-old son of a pastor said he's got a deep belief in the transformative potential of the local church, adding that In a lot of ways, he said, in this country, it's, quote, our only hope. He said if the local church could do what it was intended to do, I think it could solve the majority of the problems we're looking at in this country and around the world. He also added that his scandal, you might remember from a couple years ago, said while it was horrible experiencing a public cancellation, he called it the worst thing on planet Earth and, quote, horrific. He did say it saved his life. He's been sober since that day. Those are just some of today's top headlines. You can check out those stories and more over at cbnnews.com. Trey, this poll was very interesting because I don't know what to make of it exactly because maybe it's just mainstream media poll and the way the questions were worded are kind of designed to trap people, but It's a really interesting sort of dynamic. Well, I mean, if that survey is accurate, then we have got Americans with some really untrustworthy family members. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But I mean, it's it's just it's kind of mind boggling to me that any politician would be more trustworthy. I don't care what their party is, would to you be more trustworthy than the people who know you intimately, right? Your family and friends, they should be people that you rely on. And then, of, of course, as believers, I want to be able to trust my pastor. I do trust my pastor. I want to be able to trust my small group leader. 
uh, those are the relationships because they're the people who know me. They're the relationships that are going to make a difference in my life. So on face value, if I'm taking this poll as accurate, I think we have flipped everything upside down from the way that it ought to be, right? And I think that we're seeing that borne out in the way that our culture is right now. We're dealing with so many crises on just about every front. And I think we're often tempted, Christians and non-Christians, to put our faith in a very finite, very flawed system, which is our government. The government is ordained by God to be there, but it's filled with sinful people, just like any other organization or body. Uh, So I think, yeah, this survey to me is a good heart check is where are my priorities and who am I trusting? Because it should not be by politicians. Yeah, indeed. Certainly food for thought. And and look, we got a long way to go on this campaign. We got the first debate tomorrow. It's Wednesday night. So even though Trump's not doing any of those debates. But nevertheless, we'll be covering that at CBNnews.com. All right, we are going to head over to the focus story now. And it's a story we've mentioned a few times here in the News in 90 segment. Muslim rioters recently attacked a city in Pakistan. But the latest response here is really, really quite, really quite surprising. So for those who aren't aware, what happened here? Yeah, so I know we we have talked about what what went down, but hundreds of Muslims really went on a rampage. These are radical Muslim group. They went on a rampage uh, through part of the Punjab district uh, in Pakistan. The attack, though, came after allegations. I don't know how they would prove this or or know in any way, but um, there were allegations that one Christian man and his friend uh, had ripped pages out of a Quran, uh, and on the pages that remained in the book, uh, they had written uh, insulting messages. Uh, and that crime, of course, is falls in the category of blasphemy, and it can be punishable by death in Pakistan. Uh, so that's kind of a rundown of what happened. But obviously, it's kind of a disproportionate response. You uh, you rip a few pages out of a out of the the Quran, uh, and then this group of at least 160. Though, that's the number of of. Uh, rioters that have been detained so far by the Pakistani government. 160 rioters go through your city and destroy pretty much every home of nearly 100 Christians uh, and then destroy 26 churches uh, throughout the city in some way. Some were defaced, uh, some were, you know, walls were knocked down, others fires were set. Uh, so a ton of destruction. You can go on faithwire.com and see a picture that just kind of gives you an idea Uh, of how destroyed this city is, again, over one Christian man and his friend ripping some pages out of a Quran. Allegedly. Allegedly. (laughs) Right. Can't even prove it. Now, the interesting part here where, I mean, it's obviously all a tragic situation, but where it really gets interesting is how the government responded. Tell me what they did. Yeah, so the caretaker prime minister, which a caretaker prime minister is kind of the interim prime minister of Pakistan because they have not established a new formal government. They're in between administrations right now. So the man acting as the the interim leader of Pakistan, uh, he said in a statement Monday that each household will receive 2 million rupees, which is roughly 6,800 dollars, US dollars, uh, as repayment for the damage, which I think is is fascinating because Pakistan is a 96% Muslim country. And as we said at the top of the podcast, it's number seven on Open Door's world watch list of, of dangerous places for Christians to live. Now, a lot of, a lot of Christians in the area don't necessarily face 
uh, violent persecution that would lead to death, but a lot of them do face other kinds of persecution. They can't find work. Food is withheld from them. Uh, they're given uh, the the jobs that are the most dangerous. So in certain instances, it certainly does lead to death, but it's, it's not violent in the way that it may be in other countries. Uh, but still, uh, that it's number seven shows you how violent it, it can be or how dangerous, rather, it can be uh, for Christians. But uh, in a televised address, the prime minister pledged to punish all those responsible for the violent attack. Uh, and he went so far as to describe the rioters as, quote, enemies of humanity. Uh, so quite a fascinating reaction there from the acting prime minister of Pakistan. Yeah, especially considering what you were saying earlier, that there are blasphemy laws there. So right when you have a place that is so extreme, they've got anti-blasphemy laws going on, for their, that kind of a government that has those kind of laws to have this sort of reaction is really quite remarkable. But how are believers in that area reacting? So the top government official for the Punjab province, his name is Mohsen Nakvi. Uh, he actually went down to one of the a site in front of one of the destroyed churches uh, in Jaranwala, which is the the city right inside. Uh, the Punjab province. Uh, Jaranwala is really where the majority of the destruction happened. Uh, he held a meeting with local leaders, a lot of them uh, faith leaders, uh, and he again voiced what the prime minister had said, uh, that they would be not only providing $6,800 uh, to each household of Christians whose homes were destroyed, uh, but that also the government would be coming in and helping do uh, repair work to get these 26 churches back up and running in some way, shape, or form. Uh, as far as believers responding, uh, a priest in the city, Khalid uh, Mukhtar, uh, he released a statement. Actually, he was at the, the event with this local government official. And he said that Christians there are worried for their safety. Uh, they're worried for their children who witnessed a tragedy and are traumatized. Uh, he went on to say that, again, all 26 churches in the city were in some way attacked, burned, or damaged. And because of the destruction that was was unleashed on all these Christians' homes, he said many believers are not even in their houses. They're too afraid to go inside their houses, even if there's still some sort of structure up, because they're afraid that in the night while they're asleep, uh, the walls could literally crumble in on them. So a lot of these families with young children are sleeping outside in the elements because that's the only place that they feel safe uh, because of just how bad their homes were destroyed. Uh, so another piece that we, we should note uh, is that uh, the local government official there, he said that uh, the payouts would be completed within 48 hours of yesterday. So they, they should be you know closing out on getting everybody paid by the time you're hearing this podcast. Uh, but the priest there said that a lot of the other things that are promised, like the restoration of churches, is not actually happening. He said there's people doing some work, government officials doing some work, uh, but they're not doing really the genuine repairs that need to be done. Uh, so it, it'll be interesting to see how it all shakes out. It really is a situation where that's a stunning response. And so absolutely, you yeah. hope they do more, but it really, it really is something that they're doing anything. Because a lot of times these situations go the other way. They say, oh, nope, you might have burned the Quran. All right, good enough for me. Stone them. And at least in some ways a blessing that they're at least taking any action. 
Yeah, it is absolutely definitely kind of shocking to see this kind of treatment of Christians, uh, again, in a country that's 96% Muslim and is generally culturally pretty hostile toward Christians. So uh, it's a good reminder, too, that the Lord will use absolutely anybody, right, to, to protect yeah. his people or to bring about whatever his will and his sovereign plan is, uh, including uh, the Muslim leader of a predominantly Muslim country to protect a extreme minority of uh, believers. So it just is a is a, a great reminder that we serve a, a sovereign and mighty God. It sure is. A remarkable story. Appreciate you bringing it on the podcast today. All right, we are going to head over to the main thing now. Another crazy story. An owner of a Christian coffee shop in Colorado, he says his business has been under intense heat from LGBTQ and communist protesters who are supposedly looking to shut down the establishment once and for all. Well, Jamie Sanchez, he's the founder of Recycle God's Love and the Drip Cafe, and he's the one at the center getting all of this protests against him. And he talked to Billy for today's main thing. But Jamie, I want to dive right in to the work that you're doing. Obviously, there's some controversy. You've had some protests. But before we get to what you've been dealing with in the past few weeks, let's talk about the Drip Cafe. This is a Christian-owned coffee shop out in Colorado. What is your mission? Why did you launch this? Yeah, so we launched the Drip Cafe as part of our project. So I'm the owner of the ministry Recycle God's Love as well. And we have a project that we are starting up called Project Revive. And essentially, it's to take someone who's struggling with homelessness and break all the chains that are holding them down, um, you know, as far as mental health, spiritual coaching, uh, financial advice, those kinds of things, getting a job, getting housing, everything you can think of. So um, as part of that project, we wanted to offer real jobs inside of our project. So um, we opened the Drip Cafe so that we could hire people that are going to be going through Project Revive and give them real jobs. Um, and during their work with us, we're going to be, you know, working beside them. You know, it's just it's such a it's the, the reason we're doing it that way is because we could just partner with other companies and get them a job somewhere else like McDonald's or whatever. Right. But but our goal is to work beside them and to mentor them and to sit down with them and be like, hey, like, how much are you saving? Here's your budget, you know, working through those real life things that to help them relearn so that they're successful after they leave um, Project Revive. So the Drip Cafe is essentially to offer real jobs uh, to the homeless community. So here you are, you're doing this ministry work. You've launched this cafe as an arm of that ministry work to help homeless people. You're, again, a Christian ministry. I can't emphasize that enough. Yeah. You open your doors and suddenly you have protesters showing up. And it sounds like it's pretty intense, the type of protesting that's been going on against your organization. So take us through how it started and what that has looked like. Yeah, um, it definitely came as a shock and a surprise. We we opened up on day one. Um, so there's an event every first Friday um, on the Santa Fe street that we uh, opened on. And basically it's like a, a an event where they like shut down the street and people walk the street and look at art galleries and stuff like that. Um, so anyways, that's the day we opened and they um, were already showing up um, outside of our cafe with 
you know, signs that um, had lies about us on there, about us um, like hating gay people and, you know, spreading homophobia and like all this crazy stuff. And then next thing I know, by five o'clock, there's, you know, 20, 30 um, of them out there with, you know, signage. And um, actually that morning before we opened, our building was already spray painted. So someone had come and defaced the front of our building already with spray paint saying, um, you know, keep Santa Fe gay and like stuff like that. And, um, you know, with the anarchy sign on it. And so um, that was all there before we even opened our doors on day one. And then we, you know, obviously encountered the protesters on day one um, and they got their bullhorn going and their their goal is to scare away any customers that might want to walk in the door by spreading misinformation about who we are essentially how often are they out there cuz and and by the way this started in July right the protesting june actually june wow yeah june 2nd so two months almost of this has been going out are they there every day is it once a week what is the frequency so they show up every saturday morning and then they also show up um in a larger number on the first fridays of each month which is supposed to be um our biggest day of sales you know what i'm saying but it um it, we encounter some issue during that time while they're there so have you tried to engage at all with any of these individuals and groups I, i'm interested to kind of hear how maybe that's gone yeah. Um, so the first time I personally tried to engage with them, um, they had already known my name apparently. Cause you know, I don't hide it. It's on the website for our ministry and all that stuff. So they knew who I was. So as soon as I stepped out the door, it was like being attacked by wolves. Essentially. I couldn't get a word out. Um, they didn't want to hear anything I had to say. I was asking them, why, the, why they're doing this, what their reason is, um, you know, all that kind of stuff. They didn't want to even hear one word I had to say. There is no conversation. It's just one side screaming at us um, is what it feels like. I have had, um, so I have, I essentially just avoid going out there because it riles them up, makes them more angry and they don't want to hear me, you know, like, um, so, well, they probably want you to go out. They probably want that moment too. I would imagine. Right. Exactly. So I just keep to myself and go inside and work, um, and share the love within the cafe, what we do. But I ha also have, you know, friends and pastors and, and, uh, just buddies who come and they hang out and they kind of are able to go out and not be a, as attacked as easily. And so they kind of like, walk amongst them or talk to them and try to converse and even talk to some bystanders who don't know what's going on. And so we're able to kind of get some words out. Um, but once they realize, you know, we're making sense, they start screaming at their faces. Um, we've had um, this past Friday, you know, one of the guys spit in another one of our guys face. Um, we have one of them get in a physical altercation with another woman who was apparently part of the LGBTQ group, but she said that we were treating them nicely. And so they started attacking her, which was really bizarre. Um, so, so yeah, that's essentially, um, how that part goes. How, so, okay. There's a couple of questions here about the impact, right? Obviously you 
are running a business that is part of a nonprofit mission, I would assume, right? So I don't know what your registration is, and, I, and I'm not even trying to get into that. I'm just, you're running something, you're trying to make money to sustain your nonprofit. You have homeless people coming in, right, who you're trying to help and train. You then have community members you're trying to attract to come in and buy your products. And you have people, it sounds like large groups sometimes, of people screaming things and protesting outside. How has this impacted your business and your mission? It It's made a large impact. I mean, if we looked at the sales, because the spot we're in right now used to be a coffee shop. Um, and if we look at what the previous coffee shop was doing prior to them leaving compared to what we were doing um, on the days of protest, uh, the sales are significantly lower. And so um, that's really their goal. They said they want us, we, they want our doors shut. They don't want us in their city. Um, they don't want us. They told me they don't want me on the planet, um, you know, that kind of stuff. So that that's essentially their goal is to try to deter as much business as possible to shut us down, which is really bizarre um, considering the reason the cafe is there. All right, Billy, appreciate that conversation there with that coffee shop owner. And that's really a tough situation. And we're praying for a good outcome there. Hopefully that these protests would dissipate and that things would calm down and, and get peaceful again. So appreciate bringing that story, Billy. And that leaves us with time here on the podcast for one last thing. Well, in light of the focus story, we talked about those Christians in Pakistan who are getting a surprising uh, reaction from the government. I thought of Job 42.2. It says, I know that you can do all things and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. Obviously, Job talking to the Lord there, which reading Job's story, Dan, is like fascinating the faith oh, yeah. that he had. Uh, so verses like this are, are powerful in, in light of that context. Yeah. Absolutely. And again, a good reminder of God's sovereignty. And that's what should give us peace and hope in any crazy situation, because God's purposes are ultimately for our good and to be reminded that they cannot be thwarted. You know, the, the gates of hell will not overcome what we have in store for us. So we can rest easy in that. And that's a great reminder there from, from Job 42. All right. Lord willing, and that creek don't rise, we're going to be back here tomorrow with more. As always, get yourself on over to cbnnews.com and faithwire.com for more news from a Christian perspective. God bless. See you tomorrow.